0: Two, three. Yeah! Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Needham. I have been selling on Amazon for just about a decade right now. I'm about to hit year number 10 of being full-time and uh, so much that I've learned and I've made so many mistakes. And one thing that I've, I've been in, I've had a private label business for about a year and one of the really weird challenges is all the different stages of inventory i swear we had to like we're like okay we have our stuff that's in the china warehouse and we had to split that in two because we're like well what's being prepared to be put on the shipment now and what's being left behind and we have over water then we have you know and then even when you get to the us there's a few different locations like um i'm already probably getting everyone really confused because. uh, supply chain it can get really tricky when you're trying to be efficient but, and but also trying to you know avoid stockouts and and have as much many sales. And I've seen a lot of sellers create different like grids as you watch your inventory flow from one end to the other, but not a lot of intelligence behind that to predict what do I need. Yeah, we put together a formula, but like. Um, Our formula is going to break if our supply chain changes. So that's like the context that I'm coming from. And I I have a guest who I connected with and is solving this problem in a very unique way. I loved it so much um, that I wanted to get on the podcast because this is uh, uh, something very new uh, and applicable to the, especially the more complicated your supply chain, the more you're going to uh, like uh, this service. So I have with me the, the founder, uh, Fabicio Miranda from Fleabird, and they just raised a, a, a money and um, really they're already solving this problem. And it's really interesting to see where they're going to continue to solve this problem specifically for e-commerce sellers. Hey, Fabricio, welcome.
1: Hi. Hi, Scott. Thanks a lot for having me. <laughs>
0: All right. So um, what did I mess up there? Uh, I mean, I, I know that like, um, you know, I have this problem. I've seen it play out. And um, what I really liked about what I first learned about Fleiber is that it's an over-the-top Solution to any other inventory manager or uh, ERP or even, you know, uh, connecting into Amazon. This is like a layer over the top that helps you predict stockouts outs and and forecast. And but it does it for you.
1: Yes, exactly. Yes. So uh, if you think about uh, the way that retail has been evolving, uh, When retail goes online everything goes digital sales go digital advertising goes digital the customer goes digital customer relationship goes digital but inventory is still physical so it's only natural that as a business model moving forward uh, inventory will be at the center of complexities of retail more and more so that's why uh, we're so excited with what we're building here because we're solving what I call the biggest problem in in the future of retail.
0: Inventory is uh, so many people's headaches right now, especially with things slowing down. So, um, uh, what now? Um, describe a little bit more about the tech behind uh, Fleber, and you know, uh, we're going to obviously talk about the Amazon integration that it has, but uh, you know, what, what's going on behind the scenes?
1: yeah, so um, we start with with forecasts. But forecast is the most overrated thing in retail. Everybody thinks that the solution for everything is just having accurate forecasts. It's impossible to have accurate forecasts. Uh, I mean hundred percent accurate forecast. You can have a better forecast than average, but hundred percent accurate is impossible. Uh, if you think about weather forecasts, for example, it's only um, uh, in seven days, it's only eighty percent accurate uh so uh can we imagine in 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 retail for 3 months which is what it takes for you to from the moment that you need to purchase something to the moment that that something is selling that's
0: weird cuz i totally saw covid coming you know i forecasted
1: that 6 oh, months yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's an example that's a good example so forecast is impossible to get 100% accurate and we understand that which is different from uh, a lot of the systems out there so um we See the stockouts. If you if you think about a stockout, you can um, explain it in two ways. The first way is I didn't have enough inventory, so I ran out of stock. The second way is I sold more than I could, so I ran out of stock. Both of them are accurate, and our system is monitoring both at the same time. So we monitor uh, sales and we project future sales forecasting what's going to happen, uh, and then we see what you have in inventory today. We project your future inventory needs, uh, and at the same time we understand when you don't have time or you have any problem with your supply chain that will not allow you to cover that potential stock out through the inventory lever and we say hey scott uh, you will you will run out of stock so you need to start uh, monitoring your sales and and kind of kind of uh, uh, regulating it and, and 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 containing your sales space so that you survive that stock out so uh, so our system goes both ways on the inventory lever and on the sales lever but in the end of the day is to avoid stockouts and overstocks that's what we do
0: yeah um so we were talking a little bit earlier about you know how much stockouts uh, affect uh, retailers in general um and i i think you said that eight uh, percent uh or maybe a little bit more than eight percent of like sales are lost for amazon sellers is that right
1: yeah, that's in in global retail. So yeah. uh, there's no not specific statistics for Amazon sellers, but I would assume that it's more. Oh, um, bas-
0: I think we did our best, and we get about fifteen. We we're about yeah. We we're probably out of stock about fifteen percent of the time
1: across yeah, all better. our
0: uh, pri- uh, private label SKUs.
1: Yeah. So, or uh, when a client, when a customer joins Sleeper, we have a what we call a lost sales report where we connect. Uh, the account we download five years of sales and we substitute what would, what was stocked out, uh, what was a lost sale for what would have been the sale. And we compare uh, the reality to that. that so that's, it's that's brilliant. Always,
0: that's brilliant because like you could almost sell them right there. Like, like, hey, exactly. So by the way, I don't know if you knew, but like you were out of stock, you know, 25% of the time with all your products. So like, yeah, looks yeah. like you're not doing a great job. Um, yeah. And, um, and and you really just need a, a bigger picture of you know your supply chain you know how long it takes things to move from one to the other and um so how do you guys integrate that part where like you know there's uh you know the the time
1: that it takes yeah so um to start, we are integrated with multiple sales channels. We have Amazon, Shopify, uh, eBay, Walmart, uh, Big Commerce, Etsy. Uh, we are integrating also with uh, ERPs. We have a public API, so there's a bunch of ways to bring in um, information and and both for sales and for inventory. So we're integrated with Scubana, Deliver. So um, if you connect to those systems, if you're just an Amazon seller using FBA and potentially a 3PL, for example, uh, as an intermediate warehouse, uh, you can integrate those uh, through the integrations that we have, and we're going to monitor that automatically. So we're in real time collecting sales, collecting FPA inventory positions, and collecting if you're in, in one of our integrations, collecting your inventory information from those inventory positions. Uh, once we have that information, then we start doing the magic, which is the, all the sales forecasting inventory predictions, and we tell you at any given time when you need to replenish. The you were asking about uh, how long it takes to replenish, so that's uh, what we call the lead time. So you can have multiple lead times for each one of your products, depending. Let's say you have multiple suppliers, and each supplier has a lead time, you can input that in the system. The system will use those options in the analysis. Uh, And also you can input to the minimum maximum days of stock that you want to keep of your items. So if you want to keep a buffer, for example, of minimum days of stock, or if you don't want to surpass a maximum days of stock so that you don't run out of stock, uh, don't become overstocked, I'm sorry. um, You can also do that through our system. You input those informations. Um, In the near future, and now with the Series A that we just uh, raised, as you were mentioning in the beginning, we're accelerating like crazy uh, our development. Uh, in the near future, we're going to start to bring intelligence also to that. So based on yeah. your history of purchase orders, we're going to say, "Hey Scott, for this product, you say that you're taking I don't know 90 days, but in reality, it's being 180 Oh, that's days. brilliant! Yeah, and but- uh, we're going to show that, and also minimum maximum days of stock because a lot yeah, of people now, come.
0: So you're actually going to tell people their lead time.
1: And you're like, exactly, you think yes, your lead
0: time is this, but well, based off of your last POs. It's this
1: exactly, yes, and minimum maximum days of stock, a lot of people don't realize how important that is. Um, and usually, you know I would say that a hundred percent of the cases, so when we onboard someone and they have to input the minimum maximum days of stock, they do it for all the products, the same minimum maximum days of stock. But if you think about it, uh, product A might have a very bumpy road and very hard to predict, uh, so it's very volatile, uh, and it can have a supplier that is not very. Uh, trustworthy. So each time you order, it has a different time to replenish. So that product needs a bigger buffer. Uh, Product B might be like a clock, you know, it might be able to forecast it very well, Supplier is always on top of it. So that one might have a a, a lower uh, uh, minimum days of stock. So we're going to start also bringing intelligence to that.
0: Okay, so let's jump into, you know, an Amazon seller. Say they get to a million dollars in sales on, you know, five different products. And um, how does Fleaver like plug in, help them? Like, what's that look like?
1: Yeah. Assuming that it's an FBA only, is that your case? Or yeah. You yeah. Let's just say in?
0: FBA yeah. only.
1: Okay. So FBA only you're an Amazon seller, you just go into a system, plug into your Amazon account. It's just a, a, a connection. Uh, we'll connect to your Amazon account through Amazon's API. Um, and we'll bring real time information about your sales. We'll bring five years of sales, which is also, uh, any software around just brings, you know, recent sales because, uh, uh, five years of sales. We bring five years of sales. Yes. Because that influences a lot in the predictions because seasonality plays a huge role in predictions. Yeah. So, uh,
0: uh, I, yeah. I've done a little bit of forecasting. What's funny about this, uh, you know, bringing you on here is it's not uncommon for me to have a podcast where, like, I talk about a problem and like my solution, and then like a month or two later, I bring someone in that like has a very you know unique approach to solving it, and maybe usually a, a better. And and I did that. I, I talked about uh, this, you know, about forecasting and and some of what we we had done before and you know here you are to to address that
1: Um, yeah and the the forecast you know if you a lot of people focus also a lot on the forecasting part of it and the secret to forecast is actually what i call the pre-processing of the data because in data science they they say garbage in garbage out so for example let's say that you have a product as you said your product runs out of stock 15 percent of the time if yep. you're using the last 90 days of sales or 60 days of sales or 30 days of sales to calculate a sales velocity um, and you don't substitute those stock, stock outs for what would have been the sale, you're just forecasting new stock outs. And that's what 100% of the people who use Excel spreadsheets do. So we download five years of data. We go back in five years. We check through a very robust algorithm uh, when you were out of stock. Uh, we substitute that for what would have been the the inventory. Then we check for price variations that uh, artificially change the pace of your sales. Uh, no, we I... normal we normalize the trend uh, so that you don't have those bump, bumps bumps yeah, because yeah, of yeah. price yeah. variation.
0: Well, well who, um, so I've done a little bit where I've only looked back at one year. We've looked, you know, we've looked back at like uh, we did this for Halloween. Um, we had some Halloween products, and so we would look at our sales in August, September. So like more of the near term sales, but also bring in last October and just one year. And so like, I think this is like really cool and interesting. What you're doing is taking these multiple um, influencers uh, to, to make those types of forecasting decisions. And then I guess like pricing is also another one.
1: Exactly. Yeah, price elasticity. Yeah, the, the, it's totally. And and now we're adding. Do you guys uh, give
0: suggestion? Do you guys show off some of that pricing elasticity?
1: Uh, not yet. we we have everything in the back end. We're starting Yeah, to yeah. Push I mean like, this product. is a
0: this is a, a a product that like is actually really close to it's just essentially just to show that to be yeah. like, "Hey, you know, in the last year you've priced at these three different points. Um we're we're showing this." Uh, that's yeah. interesting
1: yeah yeah. and then there's Covid elimination, which was what took us longer by far. It took us eight months to get things right because we have around three hundred and seventy uh, approximately four hundred now thousand products on the platform. So whenever you do a solution for a set of products, it has to work for four hundred thousand products. It's not yeah. easy, right? So Covid took us eight to nine months to be able to figure out how to eliminate that 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 seasonality, the fake seasonality of Covid. Yeah. Um, uh, and we did it. And then there's outliers. So for example, we have a listing suspended uh on Amazon, and that isn't influenced by stockouts or price. No. It's just an outlier. We also substitute that for what would have been the sale. And then once we have that, then we start doing the the running the algorithms. Uh we run seven algorithms today when we're adding more and more. Um, and we elect the best one for each one of the products, you know. So you it's know. a very robust. Robust system uh, for uh, forecasting.
0: Okay, so I got two questions. One, yeah. tell me a little bit more about your dev team. And two, um, of all those those seven algorithms that you mentioned, um, uh, how do they play with each other? Like, is there one that's usually uh, like listened to more? But like, say a condition happens, and all of a sudden we listen to this one.
1: Yeah. So let me ask the second question first. So uh, the algorithms, what we try to do is whenever there are products that are not working well with what we have uh, and it's consistent, we're seeing more and more products. So we see the need to develop an algorithm that takes into consideration a different type of product. Uh, so they are very kind of specific. So we have an algorithm that is, uh, uses the, the, the Croston uh, model uh, as the base for it, uh, which is very good for what we call, what we call the intermittent demand. So you have a product that sells five, zero, two, zero, one, two, zero, three, zero. And these zeros, they, they screw up. And 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 if you sell only two units more because someone purchased two, it's already double your sales. So it's really hard to forecast uh um, the, the sales if you use a just a regular algorithm for uh, uh sales forecasting. So we have that one for that type of product. We have algorithms for products that are just starting. So we start with when you have 30 days of sales, that algorithm picks up and starts to forecast future sales based on those 30 days of sales. Yep. Um, and so there's one type of algorithm for kind of each type of product.
0: Do you apply more than one at a time?
1: No, uh, uh, we always select one. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, and we choose- have
1: studies where we kind of crossed three of them, but it didn't work as well. Who, who who does the
0: does the system itself choose which one to use?
1: Yeah, yeah. The system chooses based on three sets of indicators that we use okay. uh, to kind of measure measure how good it was the prediction.
0: All right. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, basically and- what the system is doing is we 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 run the algorithm as yeah. if today was three months ago and then we compare what the algorithm would have predicted 3 months ago to what happened during these 3 months and we say okay so there's a good match here so uh, i'm going to use this one that's basically it's well, as simple as that
0: um i if if i ever am on a podcast and i'm talking about algorithms i know i'm doing it right cuz th- <laughs> this is like this is really interesting to to hear you know being selective about which type of algorithm based on what type of inventory you have and i really think um it showcases just how the variety of things you know that are uh someone that's just jumping into amazon just will not understand this they will not understand like the the seasonality the uh launching you know and you know external events all these things and then you also add on to like that with the supply to uh lead time uh, so many things. So uh, then I guess back to that first question, that I had, tell me about your dev team.
1: Yeah, so we have a dev team that um, today, I think in dev only we have about 28 to 30 people, if I'm not wrong. You have, um, you have that many people on your dev team? Yeah, yeah. But but, but considering everything, right? So it's it yeah, yeah, yeah. Data, data science, data engineering, um, uh, software engineering, software architecture, um, then we have product manager, product designers. So all of that considered it's about, about that many people. Yeah. So, uh, and we're accelerating now the, the, the development because the opportunity is there. It's, it's just, uh, such an important thing to be solved.
0: Yes. Uh, that's way cool. Um, and I'm going to have to, uh, want we'll to do it. I have to jump in sometime and see, <laughs> really, uh, yeah. roll my sleeves. Uh, one thing that you know actually when we met up in boston and we're, we're chatting you talked about um integrating with so many other things about like where you guys are going you you see the future of this is not just you know connecting with the sales channels and your inventory management tools but say flexport or uh you know uh, something that connects closer to the uh the the, the manufacturer like anvil um <laughs> uh, tell us about that idea.
1: Yes. So it, it's, it is really hard uh, first to integrate with so many systems. This whole segment is still very fragmented. Online retail is a very, very new segment. You, you are living it and you know how, how amateur in a lot of stages it is still and how much it's going to evolve in the next years. And one of the signs of how in the beginning it is, is how fragmented all these technologies are. So um, we have a huge effort uh, in the integrations uh, area of our company. So we have a a team fully focused on integrations. Today, we have six people only integrating with softwares. Um, And so, so, yeah, so today we are focused a lot on sales and inventory integrations because that's the bread and butter of what we do. That's what we need to do. But the future, if you think about, Supply chain, how, it, how it's operated. Um, it's being digitized by verticals. So you have Envil digitizing production management, and companies like Flexport digitizing freight, companies like Convoy digitizing trucking, companies like Deliver digitizing um, uh, warehousing. And um, in the end of the day, as I say, you know, I'm very close to Sane from Flexport, he's uh, an early investor and advisor. But as I said to him in the beginning, it was Sonny, you guys are awesome. I love Flexport. I really love them. But they are, in the end of the day, you are, I'm saying to him, you are transporting very efficiently the wrong product to the wrong place at the wrong time in the wrong quantity. Because, <laughs> because the solution is not in taking the container from point A to point B, it's in knowing what is inside of the container. And yep. this is what Fleaver does, right? Fleaver yeah. is defining what needs to be inside of the container. So that's why it makes a lot of sense in my mind to start connecting to those players. And oh, start yeah. kind of orchestrating them saying, hey, uh, Anvil, you are you need to produce, you need to manage the production of these products here. And once this is being done, Flexport, this is what you need to transport to this place uh, and this place. Kind of orchestrating that. So that's that's our dream.
0: That's, that's super interesting. I'm excited to see, you know, where you guys go. You just, uh, you know, raised uh, money uh, a month ago, which really validates everything that you've been talking so far. And if you've been able to support that sort of dev team, like you're getting traction. Um, That's very interesting. Um, Let's see, do you think, I I actually feel like we did a pretty good job of, you know, explaining why, and especially like how this affects Amazon sellers. Is there something that I missed that, uh, you know, you uh, you would feel like Fleaver also would help with?
1: Yeah, I think uh, there's one thing, not that we missed, but we, we could talk a little bit this, is that I think the future of retail is not uh, the, the Amazon seller is bound to uh, go to other channels. So uh, I think the 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 multi-channel uh, is inevitable for any any seller being on Amazon or anywhere else. As I usually say, there was never a C or seller or uh, a Walmart seller or Target seller. that There is today because of how incipient the market is and because of how much amazon created this moat around fulfillment but the more mature the market gets everybody who is selling on amazon today will start opening their minds to multi-channel and when you become multi-channel inventory becomes even harder to solve because now you have different channels that you have to fulfill you have to add pieces in the middle like you have to have an intermediate warehouse because fba doesn't do the job by itself anymore yeah. and, and solving all this complexity becomes yes. mandatory. Right. So I think that's why that's where the world of retail is heading. And that's why we are building this software from start yeah. being a multi-channel and, multiple people on both And
0: to hit that on the head of like, why I think uh, this is necessary. You can get all of your, you say all these channels, you can get numbers, uh, on a spreadsheet and you can see it all at once what you don't have is algorithms that are also making decisions off of that if you say if you have an employee that's like that's their job like they're over their heads uh i don't care if they don't i don't care who it is if they don't um you know, every, every person would actually have a different approach to it. And if there isn't like a, a data and essentially calculations going on behind the scenes, i like, then they're missing, you know, part of the picture and actually there's so much of their job that should be being done for them. Um, yeah. this is, uh, super interesting tech and, uh, way excited to see where you guys go. And, um, I would actually jump into with my private label business right now, but I'm actually uh, selling it. Oh, <laughs> we're in the process of that. Congrats! <laughs> Congrats! It's it. awesome. actually, maybe, but probably by the time that uh, this this airs, it's gone. <laughs> so,
1: but no, but no, no problem because uh, <laughs> we are already getting uh, almost all of the, the you know, the. Consolidators, the Amazon oh, aggregators. Yeah, no, no. no. Nice. They, so it, it will come to me anyway. Sometime. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, <laughs> so we'll we'll see you on that end of the of the equation. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much, Fabricio for for meeting and talking about Fliber. This was like really interesting. I uh, I think you guys are solving a, a unique problem, and um, yeah, and, and like you know I as much as like I can be a data scientist, really, sometimes all I'm doing is just like putting in um, sales velocity equations and stockouts. and like, that's it. I'm not accounting for like, you know, the fluctuations uh, that, that occur in seasonal. So this is, this is super cool. Um, and as I said earlier, you know, talking about algorithms on this podcast, very welcome. So mm-hmm. um, uh Thank you. So uh, I guess people will get a hold of you, fleaver.com. That's, that's the service right there, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Just go to fleaver.com and uh, you know, uh, book a demo and we'll be happy to show the demo.
0: Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, that wraps up what we've got for today. Uh, Thank you so much. This was great. Uh, Stay tuned to what we have coming up. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and I hope your Q4 selling is just, is just crushing it. All right, everyone, take care.
1: One, two, three...